The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, if you like your festivals eclectic, then the Gap Arts Festival in North Kent to Wexford may be what you're looking for. This is the 13th year and with the theme from near to far, director of the Gap Arts Festival, Gareth Keogh, is going to tell us more. Welcome back to the Grill, Gareth. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so this is a 13th year and the theme we have this can year is called... Can you say it in, in oh, Irish? Oh yeah, go for it, you can. <laughs> oh, hunger is keen, okay. meaning from near and far, okay. because, uh, well, we've always supported local artists and um, served local audiences and bringing the arts to parts they wouldn't otherwise reach, but not in an exclusive way. So what we're saying is like uh, local, but not parochial. And we have a number of local themes. Let's let's just go back to the start b- before we do anything, because lots of people listening won't know where you are, the Gaps Ar- Gap <coughs> Arts Festival in North County Wexford, for example. Can, can you explain the ethos behind the, the Gap Arts Festival and where exactly is the Gap? Uh, well, the gap is the Wicklow Gap, and it's the lesser known of the two. The more, the more famous one is at Glendalough. But in North Wexford, going from Gorey to Tinnahealy in South Wicklow, mm-hmm. is the other Wicklow Gap. And we're halfway between Gorey and Tinnahealy okay. in a, uh, a townland called Ballythomas. Okay, lovely. Uh, and what's the idea behind is... it? What do, you, what do you want to do every year with the gap? Do you have the same objective every year? Well, we have, there's no theatre, there's no cinema, there's no venue. The last time that uh, professional theatre came here, an old man said they pitched their tent in that field there and they showed a brown and white film and then did a melodrama. And that would have been in the late 50s or very maybe the early 60s. So for 13 years, we have adapted venues indoors and out and we've presented uh, professional theatre and we've uh, commissioned uh, artists to produce films and uh, music and outdoor sculpture. And uh, so we have a programme of um, theatre, film, uh, live music and workshops. Uh, At the moment, the big workshop is the new thing, The Gap Choir, and this is under the the guidance of um, jazz singer Honor Heffernan, and um, they'll be performing. Um, uh, so we've three days. We've a uh, uh, Friday night um, uh, theatre. We've an art exhibition. A, a local artist, uh, Ashling Leonard, in her first solo exhibition in Lino Prince. We have um, we have a, a Gap project premiere, which is a film we made during lockdown. Mm. And we we had trained people uh, years before that on how to make mobile, how to make films on your mobile oh, yeah. device, yeah. phone or iPad. And when lockdown happened, I said, why don't we use the skills that we have um, taught? And when people can't really go out of their houses or mix, we had uh, 12 people make um, uh films about what they were doing in that mm. time and they go from age of 11 up to you know 70 and a lot of very interesting things but this film although it's been available online we've never had a, a, a screening a public screening so okay, that'll be screened and is this in your inflatable and, cinema that you're doing this no we have an inflatable cinema but that's uh, we we're using that for a continuous loop of cartoons okay. we do that on a day uh, that is a sunday in the park called picnic at the gap where we ask people to bring their fold up chairs and blankets and bring their grub and we provide entertainment we have a band coming from dublin called the ritz brothers and uh, many of these i know from um, uh, from the acting world mm. and they describe their 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 uh, their style as uh, musical troubadours so they bring a kind of theatricality to it um, we have the new Gap Choir, they'll be singing, and um, we'll have um, uh, 
uh, a thing called a snail's tail. And this is a pair of performers dressed as medieval clowns who do a walkabout adventure, you know, going through the going through the crowds and around like um, on that uh, afternoon in the park. So that's that's nice. And that's all on the we Sunday. Do, and we, where is the park, Gareth? It's in Ballythomas. It's Ballythomas okay. Community Field. Okay. And uh, that's by the Gap Pub. Um, all of the information is on gapartsfestival.com. And the... Um, in the field, we also will have a late night outdoor movie on Friday night. And this year we're showing Shrek. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so this is where uh, families come along and kids bring little, uh, sometimes small little tents, but they bring sleeping bags and popcorn. Oh, and it's, uh, and all yeah, that it's needs wonderful. to be booked, does it, on your Eventbrite? Yeah, it's on Eventbrite. Everything okay. is on Eventbrite. Most things, uh, many things are free. And I think everything everything involving uh, younger people is uh, is free. Okay, so. but you just want people to book, do you? So you know numbers. Ah, uh, yeah, we need we we need that. We need to know numbers, and we need to know for safety. And going back to the old COVID days, we need uh, contact and tracing. Yeah, so it's okay. it's it's important. To book. Good stuff. I see the na- the word horseshoes in your list of stuff. Which, when I think of the Gap, obviously being from North Wexford myself, and I think of the Gap and Anna, I think of horseshoes. They kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Well, um, Liz Burns is the county art arts officer, and a few years ago she visited us. And just at the same time that she was there, there was um, a horseshoe match on, and uh, she was fascinated. I don't think she'd ever seen it before, although, as you say, it's very, very common here. So we invited the horseshoe team to set up at the picnic in the field and do a demo. And, well, tell us what um, a horseshoe match is. Well, they put a bar on the ground. They put two bars on the ground. I think it's 20 metres apart. And um, uh, they throw 20 metres. Yeah, not 20 metres. 20 metres is too long. Maybe 11. And they throw horseshoes uh, in pairs. And the nearest to the bar wins. Uh, uh, wins a point. And... Uh, um, so they do a demonstration because although it's very common around here, we found that last year when the Gap Horseshoe team offered a demonstration, we had uh, families coming. Mm-hmm. We had mums um, and dads uh, uh, showing their kids and having a go, which is uh, which is a good thing to do. Yeah, I, I think it is quite unique there. So you're doing a demonstration of that again this week, this year. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Now, have you told me about the semi-secret event or are you allowed to tell me about the semi-secret event? Well, I'll tell you what the semi-secret event is a DJ who seems to be nameless and I mean, I describe him as what Banksy was or is to murals. Okay. This DJ doesn't want his identity known. He last played in London and he's known as Boss Sounds. He does ska and reggae and that'll be late night on a Saturday night in, um, in, uh, in, in the Gap Barn which is at the back of the Gap pub and um, he said to me that uh, his sounds are not for those who thinks that reggae begins and ends with Bob Marley. Oh, nice. So we're going okay. to have, uh, don't want to have like Toots and the Maytals and going back to Jimmy Cliff and things like that. And if, if that's your if that's your style and you like to get up and shake a leg, well, there's the time to do it. Lovely. Uh, before that, we've got the gig at the Gap, which is outdoors, and it is the Soul Cowboys. And the Soul Cowboys came together specifically. Uh, to play a couple of tunes at the festival last year. And, you know, it's like some of the things that we encourage around local artists. These guys and one woman stay together and have played all over from the Dying Cow to uh, Paddy Blues. And they're in great demand. And they've come together to do a whole gig this year with a last waltz vibe ah. so that uh, other local musicians will get up and join, including Honor Heffernan and Sam Alley and Ashley Bluesman. 
Hayden. That would be, that'd be a great night. You never know. Your DJ, reggae DJ might do something as well that night too. Uh, <laughs> you have so much going on. So much so that you were awarded um, the European Festival's uh, label as a unique festival. And, and I suppose that's how the Gap Festival can be described like just totally unique and really incorporating everything that is rural Ireland really and, and doing something a little bit quirky. Well, I, I, I think what we do uh, um, you know, something that you would not expect to mm. see hills of North Wexford and, you know, whether it be the grand piano that we brought here um, uh, three years ago or um, uh, you know, an exhibition of Lino Prince uh, or an inflatable cinema or um, uh, a, a stag, a 12 foot high stag uh, sculpture in the woods made from forest debris, which still stands and in fact is uh, evolving as it grows moss and things like that and is still an attraction to people. Two things that you wouldn't expect here. Sounds great. Well, it's on from August the 11th to the 13th. And it's the Gart Arts Festival 2023, the 13th of its kind. More details at gapartsfestival.com. And even though some things are free and some things are ticketed, you do need to book um, and they do sell out. So if you want to have a check out on that, it is gapsartsfestival.com. I presume there's a link to Eventbrite on that website as well, Gareth, is there? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that is Gareth Keogh. He is the director of the Gap Arts Festival and it is in North County Wexford on the outskirts of Gorey, if you know it around there. Gareth, thank you so much for joining me at this very busy time for you. Thank you very much, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. FOTA celebrates its 40th birthday. They celebrated last month, in fact. They have a summer programme of family-friendly events to uh, for parents and families. Lots going on. Sean McKeown is the director of FOTA Wildlife and he joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning with more details. You're very welcome and happy birthday, Sean. Thank you very much, Erla. How long have you been in FOTA? Oh, I, I was one of the first things in photo. Were you? Back in, uh, yeah, back in 1982. I actually was there well, about a year and a half before it opened. So you were there before the giraffes from, even? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I came down um, about a, six months before the giraffes arrived, yeah. um, 68 months. We just started building the giraffe house there and I came down to manage the project from Dublin Zoo. So Okay. Um, and that's... I... Uh, I find it really interesting the similarities and the differences in FOTA and Dublin Zoo. They're, they're quite different layouts and and what they what they set out to do. Would that be right? Um, our, our aims are you know pretty similar, mm. um, but um, and we're we're both members of BIASA, which is a European association or a, a British and Irish association of zoos and aquarium and IASA, which is a European association of zoos and aquaria. Um, and we all, you know, we have the same ethos uh, um, that both those organizations have for conservation, research and education. So um, I suppose we're laid out a little bit differently in in um, than Dublin Zoo when we're bigger. And when we're actually bigger in area and bigger in terms of the numbers of animals. So, okay, okay. Uh, and how, how is it that you can do what you do then in photo wildlife? Because the animals just seem so close by and seem, you know, 
like they're in their natural habitat. And I know in, in Dublin Zoo and in, in the African Plains, for example, they, it, it is the same thing. But something in photo just makes it all a little bit closer. What what are you doing differently in that sense? Uh, I suppose photo is um, it's a very it's a bit more rural in a in a, in a rural environment. You have all that landscape, and 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 you can see the sea uh, from certain parts parts of it. Uh, it's within a harbour. Um, it has a little bit more of a tropical climate, and uh, and the trees. Um, some of the trees um, in in Photo Wildlife Park were actually um, date back to the before the ar- actual arboretum. So some of the yew trees, the we have Tushan palms that uh, from the eighteen fifties, eighteen sixties, that were planted in. So there, there's um, there's always there been that exotic feel about the place, um, it, and it's um, I think it's. It's it's bigger in size, and mm. you spend more time walking around it. So you're you feel you're more immersed in it. I, um, I think immersed is a great word for it, especially with those giraffes. They don't they they seem to be so much closer to you. I I you can see them almost coming towards you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at some state, anywhere around the the giraffe paddock, which is you know quite quite large, the animals can be you know away in a distance and come towards you, mm. um, and it's that. That that idea and feeling, um, you know that the you know the animals have have, have a certain, have a good deal of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is to come, it. To come and go as they please. Do you have a favourite animal in photo? Or are you allowed to say that? Oh, I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, when when our first um, say tigers arrived, it was it was. It was a female there called Dorga was a real character. And mm-hmm. then when we got our lions, there was a male Shanto. And then, you know, we're first bino, uh, rhino, Indian rhino calf. You know, that's a favorite. Mm-hmm. But I suppose dating back to the very beginning, cheetahs have always been oh, yeah. uh, uh, something that I have been very interested mm-hmm. in since uh, before I started in photo. And um, I suppose the interest in those has continued. Perhaps the you know the most impressive animal we have is the giraffe, and yeah. the, the it is the firm public favorite. You know we do we do a, a survey each year on various aspects, and one is you know what, what animal um, do the visiting public li- like, and giraffes have come up number one in that. And do you yeah. have an oldest animal there? Is there someone who's been there an awful long time in the forty years? Uh, we have a flamingo, you know, flamingos are very long-lived birds. Mm. Um, and we have a Chilean flamingo that was in photo at the very beginning, wow. then went to Dublin Zoo in sort of the late 1990s and then come back to us in, in uh, I think it was 2009, eight or nine. So she's a so, middle-aged flamingo. She's considering the well, Botox she's, together. She's, yeah, well, she's... Uh, Oh, she's over forty years old. She, mm. Well, she's more than forty years. And she's what probably, age do they live until? Uh, um, I think they would live up to their to about sixty, wow. fifty to sixty. Yeah. I mean, so, some of the ages in animals we're only beginning to understand because, uh, in many cases, they actually live longer in 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 a captive situation than in the wild. Okay. Um, um, and and uh, with flamingos, you know. We're we're learning as we go along in terms of their their um, um, their age span. The, yeah, their longevity, mm. longevity, and, and and age span, and it, it's it's a uh, it it that's part of 
you know, but we, you know, we, we are continually learning uh-huh. every yeah. day something new about a, a species or an animal. Um, and um, we are continually improving enclosures, so we're mm-hmm. continuing to uh, adapt to our knowledge and uh, trying to improve the husbandry and care and welfare of the animals. Well, there's so much going on over the next few weeks for the 40th birthday of Photo Island. You, you've lots to go on, lots of educational stuff, holistic things happening as well. Um, and lots of fe- friend, fe- excuse me, lots of family friendly um, events happening too. Um, you have an award winning si- science series from RTE bringing their live show to Photo and that's yes. happening every week. So you have something constantly happening in Photo. Is that right? Yeah, so that's four or five days during the week. Okay. Uh, uh, and when they're not there, 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 there are puppet shows. There, are, um, this even um, yoga. Some some days you you get yoga. Yeah. yeah. So that um, there's there's something for everybody. We're trying to do something for everybody. Um, stuff. And lots of educational stuff as well, like the Native Species Weekend that will happen next weekend, July the twenty ninth to yeah. the. 30th and, and this is about Ireland's own amazing creatures so what kind of yeah. stuff are people going to find out there? Well w- one of the big things is Ireland is like the rest of the world there is experiencing uh, a great decrease in our uh, biodiversity mm. in the numbers of, of particular animals and even you know we're losing biodiversity of you know insects and things that we really aren't um, fully understanding yet. Um, so we've been involved in um, work with nanojack toads in um, taking in national parks and wildlife service. Um, it's in collaboration with them. Uh, so they gave us um, the to- the eggs uh, of, of the nanojack toads and then we take it away, hatch it uh, into tadpole stage, then, it, you know, metamorphosis into into a toadlet and then when they're uh, big enough which is about three or four months of age then they they, they um, go back to carry where they where they came from okay um, so we'd be over uh, this year we'll have more than we'll have sent back more than eight thousand uh, tadpoles in the last uh seven years six okay. seven years so it's 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 a growing program, and we've been involved in 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 corn cricks and corn creek conservation. Uh, again, around it, some of it's around research and mm-hmm. in, in, in actually training dogs to be able to find nests that are that are in areas that are um, where the farmers are maybe going to cut cut uh, silage or hay, um, and that may be under threat, or could be other aspects of of, of, of predation, maybe from foxes or whatever. Um, so last year, for instance, we 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 had um, a nest of um, nest of eggs that um, was actually um, almost torn apart um, by by a, a moor, and uh, the bird flew off, and mm-hmm. uh, the parent bird flew off. So we actually came along, uh, and they knew because it was literally you know two inches from the nest that uh, the bird worry wouldn't come back. So we took. The, the eggs were brought to us, mm. uh, 11 eggs. We hatched them. Um, two of the eggs were actually damaged, so the chicks that hatched from those weren't very particularly strong, and I lived a day or two. Okay. And 
the other nine were reared and then sent back to to the Fannad Peninsula where they came from. Wow. So, and who uh, reared them? Like, were they hand reared or did? Yeah, we reared them. On, reared uh, them? Yeah, humans reared them. Yeah, we 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 don't we have a very um, we had been doing some of this work uh, in anyway with corncrakes uh, mm. over the probably previous six seven years. So we we had developed those skills and competencies that and capacity within our staff um uh, or, or rangers to be able to 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 rear them um so then any, any birds that are injured or eggs and things like that we we will take those and rear them but we're also doing research as well mm-hmm. in 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 trying in training dogs to be able to um the, the we're helping with that just mm-hmm. uh, you know so that some of the corncrakes we put little a little um um scent box that or scent tube mm-hmm. that uh, takes the scent of the board and we we use that to try and try to use that to try and train the the dogs to be able to find the nests in in, in these in at risk areas okay wow. uh, uh, and that that that's becoming actually becoming more and more relevant you know having um dogs that are trained to find uh species whether it be fecal samples or mm. whether it be actual animals um, they, they it's becoming very um, widely used throughout Asia and, and Africa now, and part of conservation uh, then as well. Yeah, so the, it, it's part of in so for instance in 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 um, Africa they were looking they were looking for pygmy hippos, mm-hmm. which had become quite rare. Mm-hmm. They didn't know what habitats they were using, so they actually used the trained dogs from uh, hippo poo in that were in in zoos. And they were able to; those dogs were able to find found them. where they to find where they were, you know, going through. But the, that's just some of the amazing stuff that happens in conservation, and some of the stuff that Fota is doing as well. But you have that summer program as well, Sean. Lots going on. Um, if people want to check out photowildlife.ie, that is photowildlife.ie. Everything from bug bonanzas to hot yoga to Ortiz award-winning science series. Let's find out bringing live shows to Photo Wildlife Park. Best place, as I said, to go is photowildlife.ie and all the events are free and included in the price of your entry. Sean, thanks a million for joining me and happy 40th birthday to Photo. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Youth Service Spun Out will launch their tech support service on WhatsApp in September. Last year alone, the service carried out almost 50,000 conversations via the free support service. They're appealing for young people who wish to volunteer to get involved. The youth information website, otherwise known as spunout.ie, is created by young people for young people and they celebrated the work of their volunteers and staff during the week. We caught up with volunteer Victor and spun out its executive director, Washford's in power to hear more. Last year we did 49,000 conversations with young people all around Ireland and, and really what we want to do is broaden the reach of the service. We know that not every young person knows about us yet. We know that texting SMS is kind of a bit old school now. Um, So we're really excited to be rolling out WhatsApp functionality from September. Um, We just think that it's it's a way for young people to get in touch with us. That's so easy, so natural, um, and lots of young people wanted it. So we listened to them and we're we're making it happen. And in the run up to that, we're looking to recruit lots and lots of volunteers. So if anybody is is interested in joining the service, um, you're trained online, you can do it from home, you're volunteering from home every week um, and it's just a really really great way to give back to, to young people like you. 
Uh, my name is Victor Russell. So I am a volunteer with the Crisis Text Line 50808. So 50808 is a 24-7 crisis text line available to anyone in Ireland who needs it. Uh, by texting the number 50808, you get connected to a volunteer and you can speak to them about anything that's going on in your life and they will listen non-judgmentally, empathetically and if needed, they can direct you to more professional services in case you need like ongoing support or if you just need a chat, we're always there to listen. I find that within Ireland, there is a massive mental health problem that isn't being addressed. So services like 50808 are really important because it means that there is a space for people to talk and there's always someone there to listen. Um, I speak a lot about people with stress, depression, suicide, abuse would be the main four that I would come in contact with on a regular basis. And I find that a lot of the time people just need someone to talk to. They just need someone, they just need to know somebody is there, that they aren't alone. And it doesn't matter who I am and it doesn't matter who you are, but I'll always be there to listen. And by I, I mean like the general I like of the service, but there never has to be, you don't ever have to feel that you're not bad enough to go to us. If you need someone to talk to, we're always there. I guess the reason we started um, the service in the first place was that we knew that young people wanted to talk to somebody that doesn't know them and they wanted to kind of talk about how they're feeling without being overheard. And so text is the perfect medium for that. So what's great about the service is that it's volunteer led. So it's peers listening to peers. It's not, you know, kind of somebody who doesn't understand what you're going through. Like everyone has different life experience and the thing that common, you know, the thing that connects people together through this service, I think, is empathy and compassion for each other. And so what's great about getting involved with it is that you're able to give your time to listen to somebody else who needs it and to validate how they're feeling. And what's great as well is that the texters leave feedback often for their volunteer, which we add to the volunteer's profile. So you get to hear back actually from the texter that you've spoken to and how you've made a difference for them in their life. So we have a, an average conversation uh, duration of about 75 minutes. Um, so, you know, it takes a couple of minutes kind of for you to compose something, maybe for the volunteer to compose something. But what we find really happens is that the engagement is really considered, you know, kind of you've got that time to kind of think about what the volunteer has said or you've got that time to think about what the texture has said and kind of compose something that responds in a meaningful way to it and, and demonstrates that either you know the, the texture is being heard or you know kind of being able to get across what's going on for you and what's great as well is that we really do find text as a medium allows everyone to open up you know um, you don't really have to find the, the right vocabulary or you don't need to have the right literacy text is just a really easy medium to be yeah. able to just talk about whatever is going on for you, you know? Um, going forward, I'd really like to get involved with mental health professionally. I'd like to become a counsellor for minority groups because I feel like um, a lot of minorities in Ireland aren't catered for in terms of services. They're often overlooked, they're not listened to, but there needs to be people there to hear their voices. And that's what I would like to do. And I found this was a really good like starting point for me to learn a lot more, to improve my listening skills, to become a better, more empathetic person in order to provide that service to people. I, I think there's lots of services, you know, there's lots of people who are out there and, and want to hear from young people who, who need support. I do think that there's a lot more we need to do, and particularly in the southeast. And, um, you know, I think that we need to spread some of the really popular and, and effective youth mental health services that maybe other parts of the country have into the southeast. And I know Minister Butler is really keen for that to happen, too, which is great to have that political support behind it. So 
I think, you know, when young people reach out, we do need to give them a service. And what's great about text about it is that it is always there. It is a service that can always be there to listen to you. But for lots of young people, it's not going to be enough. No. You know, they're going to need access to therapy and counselling. And what I'd really love to see is us building out those services for young people that are free, that are accessible, you know, that they're in, in urban areas that people can travel to and get access to. Um, and I think it's really important that we do that. Um, and I know that the, the, the will and the goal of doing that is there. Um, and it's just going to take some time, I think, to put it into place. But, you know, what we definitely have seen over the last few years is more and more young people feeling comfortable to talk about how they're feeling. And I think as that stigma reduces, we need to kind of ramp up the service offering on the other side in order to be able to you know, deal with and, and manage and support that kind of increase in demand. But the one thing I would say to all young people is that whatever you know, you're going through, if you do feel like you need support, reach out and, and ask for that help. Um, you know, I know there are waiting lists and sometimes that puts young people off. Sometimes young people say to us that, you know, oh God, I don't want to be taking up time from somebody else who might be more in need of the service. What I want to say to everybody is that, you know, if it matters to you, it matters to us. Uh, there's no issue that you don't deserve help with and don't ever feel like, you know, you're taking up the time over somebody else. Um, we really do want every young person to reach out and ask for, for whatever help and support they need. I think it's a huge undertaking. Typically, you'll work between two to four hours a week, but it's a 24-hour service, and a lot of people, they find it hard to do the night shifts or the early mornings, doing weekends, and that's where you see a huge influx of people needing support, and there's just not enough people to provide that. We have a lot of times where you'll be supporting multiple people at once because there aren't enough volunteers there and it's difficult but it's rewarding but at the same time you want to be able to give your all to someone to listen to them completely and fully and sometimes it there can be a lot of stress there so the more people that we have on board the more people that we can help in a more effective and fulfilling way if you'd like to get uh, in touch with us about volunteering visit textaboutit.ie forward slash volunteer there's all the information there about the volunteering opportunity um, you can email us as well the email is on the website and you can also just st start the, the sign up straight away um, you get trained over about a period of two months guard vetted and then you're onto the platform and you start taking conversations so super easy to get involved The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 It's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103 and when it comes to Barbie versus Oppenheimer I am firmly on the side of Barbie yeah. I have a funny feeling I know where Brian is as we, well We were both to be fair all year yeah. More on the off Barbie side of things. All year is right. Yeah. We need that pink crack in our lives. <laughs> crack in the Irish sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, now, there's a lot of things I've seen of Brian recently <laughs> that I cannot unsee. All good things. It's like seeing your littlest brother in a denim pair of shorts and a denim waistcoat. <laughs> Looking delighted with themselves. I look good. And why though, not? Orla. You did look good. Yeah, you did. yeah, that's what. That's the most important. Thing. Yeah, this is the fantasy comedy juggernaut that is Barbie. I have never seen a PR machine work like this. Like so much so that when someone said, "Let's dress in pink on Friday here and beat," we all went, "Yeah, yeah. let's do it." And we did. We Bizarre. had a great time. Yeah, we like, look. We look great for Barbie, because yeah. Barbie is part of us, and we are part of Barbie. 
Yeah, it's 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 not just a character. It's a it's a, it's a sense of self, really. Yeah, we've we've all grown up. To, with it. Look, Barbie can be problematic be a, as well. To be a Barbie or a Ken, uh-huh. or a Ken is, is uh-huh. important in 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 the distinction of the movie itself. Or an Alan, in, indeed. Oh, yeah. There's an Alan as well. Okay. Well, we have a listen to a clip, and then I, you can tell us what you thought. I, yeah. When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof, ah! and my heels are on the ground. <gasps> what do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know. Okay? Do it again. Closer I am Okay, that's just a little bit of Barbie. There's a bit of the end actually I'd love to play for you because it made me laugh so much and made me realise like Ryan Gosling does comedy very well as well. I kind of knew that there's things that I've seen him in that have really made me laugh out loud but uh, this section where he's all hold on. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. <laughs> Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can I need a clicky pen? No. A sharp thing? No. There he is. Doctor. Somebody get security. Loved it. Ah, uh, he's iconic. We're both watching The Bear. Have you seen the episode in The Bear where one of the candidates for the restaurant says, when can I speak to the chef? Literally, says, literally just watched that episode, yes. yeah. So a lot of that going on in the world at the moment, Brian, yeah, I'm afraid. It's, it's a crazy thing because while that might seem as a one-off thing, there's like a, there's like half the movies him being like that, honestly. It's the most sexist, feminist movie I've ever seen in my entire life. So Ken is a bit of a mansplainer? And a- no, well... Okay, so he he learns about the patriarchy and horses. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> or like, it's like it's it's a crazy thing because I saw Barbie first and then went straight straight into Oppenheimer. Wow! And so much of Barbie is Ken being obsessed with horses because he's like, this is what the patriarchy is. He thought patriarchy was just men and horses. Okay. And then every time horses appeared in Oppenheimer, myself <laughs> <laughs> started laughing. That kind of makes sense because Oppenheimer is a lot about the patriarchy and horses. Well. <laughs> so it was like maybe he was right all this time. So it was it was Orla. Um, straight up, I loved it. Do you know I, what I mean? And I have to say, I've heard an awful lot of reviewers say this is probably one of the most woke fun movies I've watched and woke and fun don't necessarily go in hand in hand I'll go but even, when it comes to Greta Gerwig I, I I just think she does things brilliant I'll go even more like hypocritical it's the most politically incorrect woke movie I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life it's it it takes it makes a joke out of everything it makes a joke out of feminism of patriarchy of equality of everything and it does it in such a clever way that it actually like really shows you that like no one's really right and it's like it's it's should be a whole team effort rather than everyone has to be better than somebody else cuz whenever something like one group takes a step ahead it's like whoa why would you do that but then it's like we got to get ahead again it's like why do you got to do that you know and it's just you know, it's just such a, a like an instantly rewatchable movie. Really? Yeah, and You'd I go again. Yeah, why not? What were the crowds like? Because the actual uh, in Gory, for example, I checked out what times they were on. Wow, there's a lot of times, and mm. cinema is going through a bad stage at the moment. And I love to see this. Was it 
busy. It was full. Brilliant. And but so was Oppenheimer. And Oppenheimer. But was I feel. As well. I feel. And like, what was it? Were they different demographics? Or, uh, or it was a brands? very. It was very very different. Yeah, it was very different demographic. Now that I think about it, <laughs> there was a lot of younger girls at Barbie and a lot of older men at Oppenheimer. Okay. To be fair. Okay. But I was in the middle of both. But uh, it was it was it was a weird day because like when Barbie ended, there was cheers, and Oppenheimer ended, there was nothing. But then like. It's, I don't know, it's more of a kind of silent, reflective movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a um, weird, it was a weird, like, thing between the two of them. Yeah. But Barbie, like, it's, it's, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're so, so good. And the whole premise is, like, basically, Margot Robbie discovers existentialism. Okay. And she has, like, an existential crisis. That's what Barbie is. Like, you think of this doll as, like, and it, they, they talk all about how Barbie is, like, this, like, feminist thing but then it got turned into like making women feel insecure about themselves mm-hmm. from like a young age mm-hmm. and it, they, they discuss all of this and there's no part of their history where they're like okay we're better than that or whatever well maybe there is then it's just I'm not up to date with anything but there's nothing from like my perspective of knowing about Barbie okay. that it's not like they don't they, they completely incorporate the creativeness and the imagination of the children that played with them or at the adults. Or Tell us about the other Barbies. Um, we have Nicola Coughlin, of course, yeah. who's a Barbie. We have Sharon Rooney, who's a Scottish actress that I remember watching years ago on Channel 4's Mad Fat Diary. Do you remember that show? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was in that, as was Jodie Comer. Jodie Comer. Yes, there you go. Um, it's, it's funny where because... Where do these people fit in? Because when it comes to the trailer for... Essentially, it's Barbie and Ken. It is Ryan and it is Margot. Yeah. Do they have moments and then we never see them again? No, they are definitely the main characters. Okay. And it's kind of it's it's kind of in a sense the opposite of Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, Barbie and Ken played by oh, it's completely confusing if I say it that. So Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling yeah. are in Barbie Land. Yeah. And they they're the existential crisis. They go into the real world. Okay. Are they the king and queen of Barbie Land? They're just Barbie and Ken. Okay. All the Barbies and Kens are equal. Are equal apart from President Barbie. Okay. And who's President Barbie? Uh, Honestly, I'm not sure. They were all just called Barbie, so it was really hard to distinguish (laughs) who was who. But uh, so it was like in the credits, just Barbie, 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 Ken, 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 Ken. (laughs) I love it. Um, So they go to meet America Ferreira. And it's an interesting thing that you're saying about my Mad Fat Diaries because America Ferreira is probably the most famous role is in Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. So it's these two characters who are mm-hmm. the main characters in the show all about them being not attractive mm-hmm. in this movie all about like loving yourself. Mm-hmm. That's It's an interesting comparison just mm-hmm. there. Like, And there's like three ca- members of the cast of Sex Education. So Emma Mackey's in there in Guti Gatwa and... Uh, I can't remember the other duties here. Uh, Connell Swindles, who's the the uh, principal's son. Okay. Uh, in... And tell us about Will Ferrell. What's his role within it? So he's the CEO of Mattel. Oh. And basically, they realise that Mar- that Margot Robbie is in the real world, and they're like, this could be a PR disaster. <laughs> like, there's a whole cabinet. Like, there's a whole board of just old men, and like, it's all the they're the decisions making decisions for the whole company, and it plays into the whole like taking the piss out of, uh, like, the company, like, mm. Mattel. Like, they joke about Mattel a lot. Mm. And it's not, like, too much, but, like, it's funny that they do. Like, they don't, like, hold back. It's like, oh, my God, this glorious creator. is like, no, no, it's like, oh, this is their fault, like, you know? And, like, he's the CEO and he wants to stop this, so he goes into Barbie land. And he's, he's like, prime Will Ferrell. He's completely stupid. 
every decision he makes is just like that's not how a normal person reacts. It's you feel like he's just stepped out of Step Brothers oh, type thing. Say, yeah, he, he feels Step he feels Step Brothers. Okay, but like it, there's a lot of parallels between this and the Lego Movie, oh, okay. which he of course was also mm-hmm. like the Lord business mm-hmm. in. So it's like I feel like probably that's probably where they came from. More, it's it's, it's it sounds like the sort of movie, and I'm sure there's thousands of people who have watched it already, that you won't really get what it is until you go and see it. That it's hard to yeah. sum up until you go see and it. And I don't even want to say too much because even if you don't see it in the cinema, and I 100% you'd say what you would, I would say go right now. If you hear it, just go right now. It doesn't have to be the night time. It doesn't have to be, the, you can watch it whenever. If you've seen it again, you're like, oh, well, I do. It's great. It's just great fun. Go with as, as full a cinema as you can. Go with as many as your friends as you can. <laughs> because it's just one of those things where... Everyone that I went to it, like there were seven of us there, and we all came out and were like, that was one of the best movies we've ever seen. Brilliant. Like putting it, please. Uh, easy 10. Easy 10 from easy Barbie. 10. Give me a few sentences on Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. Uh, Oppenheimer. Uh, so, okay. So, this, this was poets. the thing. We, this know was the what, thing. we know the Manhattan Project. Yeah, yeah. Well, and nuclear bombs. And, like, it's... So, it's basically... I was saying this to one of my friends. It's basically Christopher Nolan, who, fantastic, you know? Yeah. He has, like, he's Christopher Nolan. If he wants to make a movie, you're going to make it. You want it, you know? He has no boundaries as to what it is. Yeah. He should. Uh-huh. It's three hours long, Orla, which I know you're going to be like, and oh. And it's a whole load of men it's in a, a room. It's, there's a lot, there's a lot of just men in a room. Okay. And, like, going from Barbie, and it's just nonstop fun. But, like, it says a lot more in a lot less time. Uh, it just I feel like it's just hammering home the point that oh he's not to blame he's just the genius that created it and it's like yeah and you like, know I think and it's, it's a very heavy subject the whole thing isn't really around the premise of like uh, it's around the premise of him building the bomb but it's also the, around the premise of like him his like him after like the effects oh, yeah. of him yeah. personally afterwards. It's, it's this thing because like I'm not I'm not going to say I'm the number one Killian Murphy fan. I'm not really. I've never watched Peaky Blinders. Uh, I've no interest either. in watching it. Like so, it's like I wasn't really going in for him or anything. I was going in more so because of the whole thing of watching. I I didn't I didn't have high expectations Did going your in. Six friends going to watch Oppenheimer with no. You as well? So this the seven went down to three four. Okay. But like there was a there's a substitution in between there as well. Okay. So it was it's it was a weird. Different, diff- definitely different experience. Yeah. But I don't know whether it was the best me. idea to go from Barbie to Oppenheimer. Yeah, uh, I'm glad I did okay. see a Barbie first because I would have been annoyed after. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed after Oppenheimer. L- let's give it some black puddings for Oppenheimer. So I, this is very controversial, but I give it like a six. Okay. I was, I was like, okay, um, thankfully, let's go, let's go out. And it's long. Yeah, so very, we went very, very long. We went out nightclubbing after Oppenheimer then. So. Oh, good stuff. As, there as you go. Would. What a strange night, but exciting night for Brian on <laughs> Friday. When a, went normal, to see a normal, a normal <laughs> Oppenheimer, and then went out dancing. Yeah. It's ten black puddings out of ten for Barbie. Six out of ten for Oppenheimer. Both out now. Brian, thanks a million. No problem. The Sunday Grill on Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three.